The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 97 A Nice, Friendly Game of Hide and Seek. 1880, July 20th, Paris, France. My lungs burned as I ran down the stairwell. No! You're a liar! You're not Paris, and you want to hurt me! I yelled back as I ran through the foyer into the dining room. I quickly crawled under the table. I squatted down in the center, hidden by the chairs. I tried to catch my breath as the headmaster stormed in, slamming the doors open. Where are you? Don't hide from me. I said nothing, crouched into a ball under the large table. I could see his feet moving around the room, slowly checking the corners and behind the curtains. His head suddenly appeared between two chairs as he bent over and looked under the table. There you are, you little bitch. You're going to regret having run from me. He threatened as I knocked over two chairs, crawling out the other side away from him. I ran for the kitchen. I looked around quickly for a weapon. In the kitchen, there should be knives. There should be a mallet. There should be pans. There should be something. But the kitchen was sterile. The countertops were clean, and the stoves were clear. I went for a drawer. They were locked. All of them. The cupboards as well. There was nothing for me to use to defend myself. Once again, the headmaster slammed the doors open as he entered the kitchen. I turned and yelled, Leave me alone! This is it, little girl. You want to be kidnapped? I'm going to do more than that. I ran out of the kitchen through a servant's entrance into what had once been the living quarters for the maids and the butlers that would have attended the house. The school had no maids or butlers, so these quarters were left empty. I opened door after door, trying to see if something had been left behind. A vase, candlesticks, a broom, anything I could use, but they were empty, cleared of everything except the large pieces of furniture. I had no strength to move. I ran up the back stairs from the servants' quarters into the bedrooms. I opened the door to my bedroom and then turned and ran down the hall and went into his bedroom instead. I closed the door behind me. I slipped into his wardrobe and then I closed the door, squatting down onto the floor with tears streaming out of my eyes but I covered my mouth to keep myself silent. God damn it! You can't hide from me forever! I heard the headmaster yell from a distance muffled by the sounds of the closed doors. He was not yet in the room, probably searching mine, but it wouldn't take him long to see I wasn't there. I thought, maybe if I had a shoe, I could use that as a weapon, but there were no shoes in the wardrobe. All the clothes were soft, and nothing was left in his pockets. Again, the room seemed empty of anything that would help me. I cried, wishing I could find my iron horse, but it was very far away. Somewhere in New York. Come out, Helen. You're only delaying the inevitable. It's fate. Don't you believe in fate? Don't you want to run away with your true love? Isn't that why you came back? He wasn't Paris. He couldn't be. Persephone told me Paris wasn't in France. I knew once I met them... I would not fear them. I knew I would not want to run from Paris. I knew I hated this man, whoever he was. He was a liar. I would not let him take me, but I was afraid I may not have any say in it. There you are. He smiled. 
He was all teeth as he appeared suddenly, having opened the doors to the wardrobe. He grabbed me by my corset and pulled me out. I kicked at him, scratched at him, trying to get free, but he held me tight. He threw me onto the ground and I scrambled to get up. He grabbed me by the arm and I turned and bit him as hard as I could. He screamed as I tasted blood in my mouth. He yanked his arm away and I got to my feet and I ran out of the room. Next to the headmaster's bedroom was the doctor's office. I went in quickly, looking for something I could use, but like the kitchen, it was clean. Everything had been put away and locked into cabinets and drawers. Every drawer of his desk was locked and nothing remained, not even his jar of candy. The only thing left in the office was the phrenology bust of a human head on the bookshelf. I pulled it down. It was heavy. It wouldn't make a very good weapon, but it was all I had. I set it on the desk. Think. Think. There's got to be a way, I whispered to myself. I tried to remember what Persephone had told me. The poison was not the weapon. Beauty was the weapon. I had to calm down. I stood in front of the desk, blocking the bust from view of the door. I took a deep breath, and then I tried to calm myself. Somehow, I knew I had to be calm. The headmaster entered the room. He seemed panicked. But then he saw me just standing there, not hiding, not running, looking down at my feet. Have you given up, little rabbit? There's nowhere left to go, I said as I looked at him, letting him see the tears fall from my eyes. You finally accept your fate, just like that witch taught you. He stood straight and smiled. He puffed his chest out, his hands on his hips. Please, I'll go with you. Just please don't hurt me. I promise I will do nothing to you that you won't someday enjoy. He said as he stepped forward. His smile scared me the most. He did not look happy. He looked hungry. I was afraid, but I held my fear back as he stood in front of me. I won't fight any more, I told him. I won't run. Just please don't. I stopped mid-sentence and looked behind him at the door. Penelope, I can explain, I said to the door. The headmaster turned around, and as he did, I picked up the bust and I slammed it into his head. He screamed and held his head. I hit him again and his knees buckled, and he fell to the floor. My arms were weak and tired, but I picked up the bust and I hit him again, this time in the small of his back. He curled into a ball and held out his hand. Please stop! Helen! No! You're making a mistake! He said quickly, as I brought down the bust one more time onto his yellow teeth. I heard the snapping of bone. His jaw broke, his teeth shattered. He mumbled as I hit him again. This time, his face caved in, and he stopped breathing. I hit him again. There was not much of his head left, as I left the bust on top of what used to be his face. Like they were engaged in some gruesome kiss, I wiped the tears from my eyes. I no longer felt the need to cry. Once again, I heard footsteps in the hall, this time slow. I ran to hide behind the curtains, afraid of who could possibly be there now. I peeked through them, covering myself as much as I could trying to stay hidden. I saw Hades walk into the room. He reached down and held his hand out. Suddenly nothing made sense. The headmaster's hand reached up and took Hades's, but at the same time he didn't. His hand stayed on the floor. 
Hades pulled the headmaster up, and then there was two of them, one dead on the ground and one standing before the god of death. I'm not going, the headmaster told Hades. I'm not letting you stay, Hades informed him. The headmaster growled and screamed. She will pay for this. I will make her pay. No, it's over. Just like you, Hades said, as he touched the man on the shoulder and he crumpled to the ground, back into the destroyed body. Hades reached down, this time taking the headmaster's foot. He drugged the man out of his body, unconscious, and pulled him into the hallway. I ran from my hiding place, and I peeked around the door as I saw Hades drag him down the hall. Hades turned to me and caught my eye. I ducked behind the door back into the office. My heart was beating fast. He saw me. He saw me see him. I peeked back out again, scared but too curious not to see. He came to the staircase that led to the second floor. He picked up the man and held him a moment by his collar. Hades threw him down the stairs. But he did not hit the stairs. They opened up and a dark hole swallowed him in. Hades followed after him, jumping into nothing. The hole in the staircase disappeared, leaving it once again intact. I turned to see the dead body of the headmaster still lying with the pharaonology bust where his face should be. I could not have been more comfortable in Persephone's company. I could not have been more scared of Hades. How could these two be compatible? How could someone so dark who filled me with fear be married to Persephone, who made me feel nothing but peace and hope? He may be my uncle, but I hope I don't see him again, I thought to myself. I returned to my room and finished undressing. I put my corset, covered in blood, and my underskirt spattered as well into the hamper Penelope had provided. I got into bed and I fell asleep. I dreamt of Paris, the real Paris. Someday I will find them. I will accept no counterfeits. I may only have beauty. But beauty I now knew was a deadly weapon. Sit up. I heard Penelope's voice and I realized I'd overslept. I got up from the bed. I knew I was in trouble. I had no idea what kind of trouble I was in. I was afraid and I scooted back and bowed my head. It's okay. Let me see your hands, Penelope said as she took a washcloth from the basin. She wrung out the water and then took my hands and began to slowly clean them. Only then did I realize they were covered in dried blood. You want to tell me what happened? She asked. I shook my head no. It's okay, Helen. I already know what happened. I'm a detective. I knew the moment I walked in the door. I'm so sorry you had to go through this again. I'm so sorry I couldn't keep you safer. But it seems you managed on your own. If you want to talk about it, it could help. It might make you feel better. Her voice was soft, and it was soothing to me. She continued to wash my hands and then my face. I just sat quietly, saying nothing. I didn't know what to say. I didn't have any excuse or any way to explain. It's okay. I understand. Come here for a moment. Penelope took my hands and scooted me off the bed. She sat me in a chair next to it, and then turned to the bed and began to strip off its blankets and sheets. Only now did I realize I had gotten blood on them. Let's not talk about him. You don't have to say anything about it. Tell me something else. Tell me something I don't know, she asked. Uh, I met Persephone, I said in a small, meek voice. You did? Last night? Yes, 
She was picking grapes. Is that what you were doing out in the vineyard? I saw your footsteps coming and going. I was going to run away to find Paris. I see. She talked you out of it, did she? Yes. She said they weren't in France. That's how I knew the headmaster lied, I told her. And then I dropped my head again. What did he lie about? Penelope stopped what she was doing and watched me carefully. I shook my head no. I didn't want to talk about it. I hadn't meant to bring it up. It's okay. Like I said, we don't have to talk about him. Tell me more about Persephone. I asked her if Hades was alive or dead. She didn't know. I would have thought of all the people who might know it would be her. But she said for her, nothing is dead. I don't think she truly understands the concept. Isn't that strange? Yes, it is on some level. But it makes sense on another. Am I in trouble? I don't know. Should you be? Will I be punished? How shall I punish you? How about you're not allowed to go outside? Hmm. Let's say till you're 17. How is that different than how I live now? <laughs> you're right. There is no difference. Then let's say we don't worry about it. I'm glad you're talking. How do you feel? Sad. I didn't like him, but I didn't want to kill him. I tried to tell him. I tried to give him a chance to leave me alone. I know. I know. I can see it all over the house. Is it my fault? Well, did you unlock your door? No, he did it. He had been warned not to be in the same room alone with you. He had been told that it would put his life in danger. He chose to ignore that warning, and he paid for his arrogance. If I'd been here, I'd have killed him for you. If he would have been here, he wouldn't have done it. I know. I'm so sorry. What are you going to do with him? Well, we're going to bury him. And pretend like he's still alive. I don't want someone else just being sent to take his place. I will assume his position in secret. And if someone comes looking for him, we'll just say he's not here right now. Will that work? Well, if it doesn't, we'll come up with a new plan. But for now, I feel it's best. Penelope, can I ask you a favor? What would you like? Will you teach me how to use makeup? Makeup? I guess you're old enough. Sure. Anything else? Um, fashion magazines. There's nothing in the library on fashion. Fashion changes very quickly. They don't write books on it, but you're right. There are magazines. Ulysses will pick you up some of the latest copies. He's going to buy them? I'll send him to the city to pick up two sets of makeup, one for me, one for you. Then I'll have him pick up the fashion magazines as well. But he's a man. Will they sell it to him? He shouldn't have much trouble. I saw Hades again. He threw the headmaster into the underworld. He threw him? Yes. A hole opened up, and he threw him in. I see. Hades scares me. I know. I know. But he won't hurt you, I promise. I don't want to die. I don't want to be kidnapped. I don't want to be thrown into the underworld. I was so afraid the headmaster was going to kill me. I know he said he wouldn't, but if I didn't do everything he said, I just feel like he was going to kill me. 
I didn't know what to do. Everything was locked up. Is that because of me? Yes, but I'm beginning to think it was a mistake. Can you keep a secret? Yes. I'm going to give you something. You have to hide it and never tell anyone you have it. Do you understand? Yes. Penelope reached down beside the bed and opened her carpet bag. She rummaged through it for a moment and then came up with a jeweled dagger. It was small, the handle and the scabbard set with gold, rubies, and emeralds. She pulled it out to show me. The blade was sharp and silver. This is for emergencies. It's not a sword, so don't try and threaten anyone with it. Do what you did with the bust. Wait till they're not looking. Wait till they think they've won. Wait till they're right up on you and then stab them here. She touched the side of my neck. I understand. You're a good girl. I'm going to help you get dressed, and you're going to come with me. Where are we going? Well, until we can clean up the mansion, you're going to stay with me in my barn. Is that okay? Yes, I like the barn. Will I have a bed of my own? Of course! We'll bring this one down. Will I be locked in a room? Are you going to run away? No. Then, I think you can be trusted for a little while. As long as you promise not to hurt Ulysses. Why would you think I'd hurt him? The doctor has a theory that you don't like men. I don't like men for what? You don't like men for anything. They scare me, I whispered. If you don't like men, then why do you want makeup? Because beauty is my weapon. So I intend to be the most beautiful woman in the world. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at Helen of the Iron Horse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. <laughs>